Amen. John chapter 7. I'm going to read three verses and we'll see what the Lord has for us today. John chapter 7. And I'm going to begin with verse number 37 of John chapter 7. And let me just tag in while you're turning there and say the only way that you can get in the flow is you have to put yourself in the flow. If you're waiting on somebody to come drag you in and you're going to go in kicking and screaming, I hear people talking about, well, I didn't want to, but God just forced me to. I doubt it. I doubt it. That may happen on rare occasions, but most of the time. I'm asking God, God, would you use me? God, show me how to position myself so I am usable in the kingdom of God. And I can promise you, if you want to be used in the kingdom of God, get in the middle of it. Get in the, get in the middle of the flow of what God is doing. And you've got to put yourself there. And when you put yourself there, nobody can get you out. The scripture said it like this. When you're in the hand of the Lord, he says, nobody can get you out. The only person that's going to move you out of the hand of God is you. Get in the flow. Get in the flow of what God is doing. John chapter 7, verse 37. In the last day, the great day of the feast, Jesus stood and he cried, saying, If any man thirst, let him come unto me and drink. He that believeth on me, as the Scripture hath said, out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water. But this spake he of the Spirit, which they that believed on him should receive. For the Holy Ghost was not yet Given because Jesus was not yet glorified. This, when he said, Out of your belly shall flow rivers of living water, was speaking of the Holy Ghost which was to come, which they had not received because Jesus was still with them. He had not yet gone to the cross died, was buried, and resurrected, and ascended into glory. He was not yet glorified. But today we live in a realm of the outpouring of the Holy Ghost. And Jesus said, out of your belly shall flow rivers of living water. With the help of the Lord, I want to preach tonight, there is a river. There is a river. Lord, we need your help tonight to speak what you have inspired into my spirit. I pray right now, God, for you to center and align us with what you are doing in these last days. God, I pray for alignment in every heart and life and mind. I pray tonight, God, against any distraction, Lord, that would prevent us from being able to see so clearly Lord, where we are in the alignment of the spiritual things that you are wanting to do in our midst, Lord. Put me in the middle of the river. Let me be in the flow. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. God bless you. You can be seated. The setting of our text takes place during the Feast of the Tabernacles. The Feast of Tabernacles 
was a feast that represented God's provision for his people during their wilderness wandering. History teaches that during this feast, there was a ritual where the priest would draw water from the well in Salome and joyfully carry water pots through the streets into the temple. And at the temple, the priest would pour water into large basins, and in another basin, they would pour wine. And at a certain time, the priest would raise the basins and pour out the water and the wine, which would run down the huge marble steps of the temple, which would have appeared to have been a raging river for the matter of a moment as the water and the wine would pour down the temple steps and into the streets. To the Hebrew, it symbolized the river that flowed from the rock in the wilderness. But we know that the water and the wine actually represents the New Testament. Wine and water represents the Spirit and the blood. It pointed to a time when the river of blood would flow from Calvary and the rivers of living water would be poured out on all people. It was the water and the wine. Joel prophesied in Acts chapter 2, and it shall come to pass in the last day, saith God, I will pour out of my spirit upon all flesh. Joel used the term to pour, signifying a flowing of the Spirit. There was a flow of what God wanted to do. In our text, it was in this context that Jesus stood in the middle of the feast and he cried out, He that believeth on me, as the Scripture hath said, Out of his belly, Jesus declared, shall flow rivers of living water. Little did they know, but the rock that they were celebrating, that rock was with them in the middle of the feast. That rock had given them their father's water to drink in the wilderness, and it followed them through the wilderness. Everywhere they went, there was a rock that followed them through the wilderness. But Paul declares in 1 Corinthians chapter 10 and verse 4, for they drank out of that spiritual rock that followed them, and that rock was Christ. So when Jesus stood up in the midst of them and declared, He that believeth on me, as the Scripture had said, out of your belly is going to flow river of rivers of living water. What he's saying is what I was to your fathers and forefathers in the wilderness. You are going to be able to be in the dry and thirsty land in the New Testament church. I come tonight to declare to you that in this modern day in which we live that the Lord has declared there will be a river and that river shall flow out of your belly. 
That means every saved child of God has got to understand tonight that God didn't save you to put you on a wall and so you can look beautiful and so you can show off your talents, but he put you in the church so that you can be a river in the middle of a dry and a thirsty land. There is somebody that needs a drink of water that from the river that is flowing out of your belly. Oh, I feel the help of the Lord coming tonight. I feel the word of the Lord coming strong to the church tonight. But I want to tell you that what flows out of a man is whatever is being fed into a man. That's why if bitterness and strife and anger is being fed into you, that's what's going to come out of your belly. Whatever you put in is going to come out. Whatever you feed your mind and your spirit and your heart is going to come out. The the Bible teaches that out of your mouth will speak the abundance of your heart. That's why it is so important that we get in the middle of what God is doing in these last days and that we are filled with the Spirit. And when you are full of the Spirit, that's what's going to come out of you, out of your belly shall flow it shall flow out of you it's what people are going to know about you when people know that all that they hear is anger and bitterness and what's wrong and the way it ought to be I have people sometimes that seem to have a lot of answers but I've learned that until you get in the middle of doing it yourself sometimes you don't really know how difficult the job is I always love football season. Everywhere you go, somebody's always talking about, well, it was the coach's fault. A lot of armchair quarterbacks, well, if they would have done this and they would have done that, how many pro games have you played? How many pro games have you, have you coached? I know sometimes it seems like a given, but it's a whole different perspective when you get down on the playing field. My point tonight is this. There's a lot of people that may think they have all the answers and all that's spewing out of them is what the way they think it ought to be. I don't have all the answers. I made a statement regarding parenting a few some time ago and I I shared with a a few people a a little parenting tip that I felt was pretty important. I don't have many, uh, but I have a few and I feel that God's blessed me and I, I shared and I had someone come back and corrected me very hard and told me that I didn't have a right to be able to even share my parenting tip because I did not have the experiences in life that they had had. Well, I've noticed since that that person has corrections for everybody. My point is, is they got a lot of answers. They got a lot of leaves, but very little fruit. Because when you look over their life, I'm not seeing the fruit come out of their life. I came tonight to remind you that whatever you are putting into your life is what is going to flow out of you. Just a few chapters earlier, Jesus mentioned about this living water. He's talking to a Samaritan woman in John chapter 4, I believe about verse number 10. If you're turning there with me in John chapter 4, verse 10, Jesus answered and said unto her, If thou knewest the gift of God, 
And who it is that saith unto thee, give me a drink. In other words, he's saying to the woman, no, if you really understood the gift of the Holy Ghost, and you really understood that I am the source, you would have asked of me or of him, Jesus speaking of himself, and he speaking of himself again, would have given thee living, everybody say living, Living water. What I'm trying to preach tonight is that there is a river that will flow out of you. It is the life source. It is a well, he said, springing up into everlasting life. It is the life source. It is the living water. Living water means that there is something that can live in it. Let me explain to you. I have been to Israel by the help of the Lord. Don't anybody hold me to this, but we are hoping and we are praying and maybe we'll just hear a little shout out of interest from people over the next few weeks. But I have talked to Brother David and Sister Patricia Sanchez and Sister Patricia has volunteered to begin to put something together for a 2019 trip to Israel. I've been blessed to go there one time. And I think it would be a blessing to as many as could go. And we're setting it out so we could have time to plan and prepare for it. And I know Brother Danny wants to go. And I know my wife is wanting to go. And maybe from the sound, maybe several of you that would do your best to try to go. We would like to be able to put a trip together and try to make it to Israel. I have been one time on a trip about 20 years or so, 21, 22 years or so ago. And when I was there, we were able to visit the Dead Sea. And the Dead Sea, uh, on our way there, we stopped by the Jordan River. For the Jordan River flows down and into the Dead Sea. But the Dead Sea, although that the Jordan River is flowing into it, the, 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 the Dead Sea is drying up. And of course, this is no surprise to anyone who has been around the church long and heard much preaching. For the Jordan River has that inlet, but it has no outlet. Meaning it only takes water in, but it doesn't have any flow that is going out. Yet, the Jordan River is drying up. It is receded by hundreds of feet and every year they, they are gaining shoreline along the Jordan River. In the matter of the next several years, they are saying that unless they can find an answer or a way to bring more water into the Dead Sea, that the Dead Sea will completely dry up even with the Jordan River flowing into it. Now, when they say dry up, I recently read an article and they said, well, some people are saying it would go completely dry, but basically it will go down to nothing but a riverbed. Now, here in Indiana, some of our lakes, they have dammed the lake and the river spreads out, but because they are uh, uh, flood prevention lakes in the fall time and the winter time. They reduce the water levels. And, and if you travel any uh, around Indiana in the winter time, uh, you, you'll see that those lakes recede down to nothing but just the creek or the river that flows through them. There's no water left anywhere. It is all just dry land. This is what is transpiring with the Dead Sea. They're saying that the water 
water is still flowing in and it's not flowing out but yet evaporation is causing this 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 uh, the, the dead sea to completely dry up there is marks on cliffs where the water level used to be and then it's dated with different things you can look way up on the cliffs and you can see hieroglyphic is that what they're called hieroglyphics that have been painted and chiseled in stone into the banks and into the cliffs that are around that doesn't even seem possible when you're down uh, even in hotels that are below that water level now down uh, they're looking out and every year the water is receding more and more yet there is no water flowing out I came tonight to remind you what will happen to a church or what will happen to an individual that all they want to do is take in. Preach to me, preacher. Make me feel good, pastor. Bring in the evangelist that feeds me real good. Let the song service bless me. Let it be the way I think it ought to be. And all we're doing is receiving. You will never be able to receive enough to be able to maintain the constant position that you are in. If there is not a flow out of you, you will dry up and die. That's why it's important for every member of the church to get plugged in somewhere and do something for the kingdom of God. Sometimes just because it's not where you think you ought to be, it doesn't matter. Maybe there'll be an opening there down the road. Do what you can where you are with whatever opportunity we have. Maybe it's mowing the lawn. Maybe it's sweeping uh, up, up after somebody working in a parking lot. Maybe a greeter at the door. We've got positions. My wife has a little plan for next week. You'll hear it where they're going to ask if you're interested in working in Sunday school. You can come be a part. Can I put a little plug in? The cleaning team needs some help. Well, that got about 10 of you clapping. The ushering staff needs some help. The greeting team needs some help. Keep going. The evangelism team needs some help. We need some folks leading Bible studies. We need some people leading small groups. Come on, Sister Chelsea. Get on your feet and help me preach just a little bit. There is work to be done in the church. And if all we are doing is coming to church and taking in and receiving, you will dry up and die. You will literally. But when there is a flow out of you, that's why you need to be part of what God is doing. Somebody said, well, I'm afraid to give. I don't have enough. Listen, I, am, I once was young, but now I'm old, the writer said, and I've never seen the righteous forsaken, nor his seat begging bread. You know what I mean? Let me tell you, you can't outgive God. The more you give, the more God's going to bring in. Here's what I believe. The more we send out, the more God's going to bring in. I went into the bank the other day and the bank, the banker wasn't real happy, kept questioning me over an issue of what we did for Lebanon. Looks down, talk to me about what is this evangelism thing? What is this? It's what the church does. Don't worry about it. We're going to pay the church payments. 
And here's how I explained it. I said, here's a clear sign of the health of the church. The gospel was first to be preached in Jerusalem, then in Samaria, then in the uttermost parts of the world. I gave the banker a little Bible study. I said, the, the, the gospel first is to be preached in Jerusalem, then in Samaria, then the uttermost parts of the world. Jerusalem was the epicenter. It was the beginning of where it's at. First of all, we got to take care of Frankfurt CLC. Then we reach out to regions. That's how we're able to help the rock and we're able to help Lebanon and we're able to do these things. And then when you see what we're giving to missions, now you're able to see what we're doing around the world. It's a good indication of the financial health of the church. And she's looking at me and she says, well, I know, but you know, we need to make sure that you keep this money at home and you keep all this, this money here. I said, if we start compiling money and building money here and say, hey, we're rich and increased with goods and have no need of nothing. We are missing the mission of the church. That's why we got to keep sending missionaries and putting them on the field. We got to keep having revival and reaching the lost. We got to keep reaching. We're building a beautiful building. Thank you to everybody that's given and worked and labor. But that building is nothing until we fill it up with people. Because out of your belly shall flow. You don't think you have something to give if you're full of the Holy Ghost. You have something to give. It may not be what somebody else thinks it ought to be, but give whatever you can. Out of your belly shall flow. Jesus said, but whosoever drinketh of the water that I should give shall never thirst. Shall never thirst again. Now watch. He said, whoso drinketh of the water that I should give is not going to thirst. Yet, the water that I shall give him is going to be a well that is flowing out. That kind of doesn't make sense to the carnal mind, does it? Because Jesus said, when you get in the middle of what I'm doing, I'm going to fill you with something that the only way to stay full is to flow out. Because if you ever stop flowing out, you will not be able to stay full. Because the atmosphere and the environment around you will deplete your water like the Dead Sea and dry you up to nothing. But as long as you keep a source of flowing out, you can know this much. There will always be a source flowing in because Jesus said that the Holy Ghost that He is going to give you will replenish more than you can give out. But don't ever stop giving it out because the time you stop giving it out to hold it on your own. He showed this in the wilderness. He told them get up every morning and go out and pick up manna but not to get manna for tomorrow because if they got manna for tomorrow, by tomorrow it was rotting and stinking in the tent. He said you got to trust me that tomorrow I'm going to give you what you need. So some folks have a hard time. I don't have enough time to do what I'm doing already. You know what I've learned? The busiest people get more done than anybody else. Well, I'm busy, Pastor. I don't have time for prayer. Then you're far too busy. You need to start praying so you can get some time back in your schedule. 
Some of you just are hating on me right now. I got about 20 people with me when I'm preaching tonight. Some of you say, I don't have enough time. I, I, I'm, you know, I, I don't have good enough health to fast. We're going to give you a couple of different ways to fast this year. It's going to be up to you. Every person, even the sickly, ought to be able to be part of the fast that we're going to provide. Some people say, well, I don't do the Daniel's diet. Well, you've never done it if that's what you call it. But we're going to give you an opportunity to fast your way if that's what you want. We're going to give you multiple opportunities. But this is what I know. Everybody needs to get on board and do it. Because if you're not in the middle of what God is doing, you'll be standing around critical come February the 11th when we're having revival and people are getting saved by the droves and people are getting healed in in great numbers. You'll be critical of what God is doing because you're not in the flow. It hasn't been flowing out because you haven't been opening yourself to an outlet. He spoke of water because it would, water would satisfy her, her natural appetite, but the spiritual water, the Holy Ghost, would, would satisfy her spiritual thirst. The well that Jesus was speaking about, he called it like an inner well that would spring up, not just a satisfaction and gratification of, oh, look at me, I'm being used, I'm singing, I'm playing, I'm on the platform, I'm teaching in a class, I get honored, I get the pastor calls my name in front of everybody. But he said, out of your belly is going to flow rivers of living water. I look back and think about some of the most gratifying times and satisfying times in ministry was not behind a pulpit. It's teaching a Bible study one-on-one at my living room table. It's when I've been able to minister to people when nobody knew what was going on. It was when I got a phone call to go to the hospital at 11 o'clock at night and go sit by a family that's hurting or grieving at the loss of a loved one and be with them and minister to them and watch God turn their life around as a product of it. It's when I sit and counsel with somebody whose life is broken and see God completely turn their life around and then they come back and give a compliment that, that, that means more to me than anything in the whole world because I saw the work that was done. I'm telling you, don't seek position. Just seek an outlet. Don't, don't seek a title. Just seek an outlet. All I'm looking for is where I can let it flow out. Out of your belly is going to flow. When you get the flow coming out, the flow's going to come in. It's going to be feeding through you. You don't have to tell people that will show up because there will be such a satisfaction in you with what God is doing in you. Somebody said to be blessed is what God does to you. But to be favored is what God does through you. I would much rather be favored than blessed because God can bless me and I spend it and it's over. God can bless me and I can rejoice in it and it comes to an end. But if I am favored, it means God's just flowing it through me. It's just passing through me. I would rather be in the flow of what God is doing as He is blessing. It's flowing out. I'll try to hurry.
Don't want to bore you. I want you to understand that there is a river. There is a flow of the Holy Ghost that is available to every person under the sound of my voice and every person that is not hearing me, every person that is hearing me online, there is a flow of the Holy Ghost that is available that all you have to do is step in. Well, I've got this hang up and I've got that hang up. There's the problem. Don't try to fix it. Get in the flow. I grew up with a camp on a camp house on the Sabine River, and I learned something about that river. It wasn't the largest river in the world, but it seemed like a mighty river. I tried to swim across that river a time or two when my parents weren't around because they would always tell me, son, don't ever try to swim across that river. And so when they weren't around and they didn't know, I, I would, oh, man, I'm going to swim across the river and swim back. But I'm going to tell you, when I'd start swimming across that thing, you'd start swimming. And, and I learned how you had to swim across. See, you, you definitely can't swim upstream because the flow is flowing so fast that you can't keep up with it. Here's what happens when people in the church get out of spiritual order. When people in the church get out of spiritual order, they're trying to swim upstream. They're yelling and hollering and slapping the water and beating at the water and the whole time. You're going downstream, buddy. But what you've got to do is you've got to get in and work with the flow. I learned that I had to walk a few houses upstream and get in. And when I started swimming, I kind of pointed myself downstream. And I'd start swimming across the river. Oh, it's only 100 yards across. Why in the world is you, are you so tired? Surely you can swim across that 100 yards. Listen, if I was in a pond, I could swim 100 yards back and forth several times. But the issue is when I'd get in the river, I had to swim several hundred yards. Because the flow of the river would automatically. And when I would, if I learned if I walked upstream and got in up here, if I put a slant to it and used the river and the current of the river to my advantage, by the time I'd get across the river, I'd be back to where I wanted to be. Back where I needed to be. Can, can I draw a little parallel to you? Stop fighting the current. Because if all you do is fight the current, there's only one thing that happens. You get worn out. And you don't make any headway. At the end, anybody ever swam a river? Not many. Wow. I need to, I need to take some of you to some experiences in life. If you fight the current, it will wear you out. And you don't make any headway. And the problem is, is when you get worn out, you start blaming it. You start blaming it on the church, blaming it on God, blaming it on leadership. But I think I read somewhere that the trick of Satan in the last day was to wear out the saints. He'll even use the church to wear you out if he can. He'll use what's meant for good to try to wear you out and hurt you and harm you and turn you against everybody. And you think, listen, you've got to get in the flow and let God work things out. You don't create the current. The river creates the current. 
Listen, those of you that are young in ministry and just getting going and just getting starting or some of you young men and women that are still looking and wondering, where's my opportunity going to come? Just get in the river, get in the current, get in the flow and let God work it out. Because if you try to do it on your own, you're just going to end up weary in well-doing. So you've got to let God work it out. There is a river, and it is the flow of the Holy Ghost. And until you align yourself in that flow, you're not going to make much headway. This is why your prayer and your fasting is so very important. This is why your spiritual sensitivity is so very important. This is why your submission to God's authority is so very important. You just have to get in the flow and say, hey, I'm going to do whatever I can, however I can, because I just need to be in the flow of what God's doing. You can either let the flow pass you by or you can step into the flow. There's a lot of people that stand on the shore and they stand there, man, I don't know. Man, I don't know. I remember those days. I couldn't tell you the number of times that I walked down to the shoreline of the Sabine River and I'd look at that flow coming by and I'd have friends that'd jump in, take off swimming across. They'd get across the other side and I'd stand there. I'm not feeling well today. No, not today. I'd watch them swim and I wanted to swim that river, but I was afraid to. I wouldn't get in. I'd just let it pass by. I'd just watch things come down and pass me right on by. I would watch it until one day I finally said, you know what? The only way I'm going to ever have this experience is to just step in and do it. And I just stepped in and started doing it. If there's any one thing how many of you have ever learned anything from your kids? <laughs> Eight of you have raised kids, huh? <laughs> if there's one thing that Spencer has taught me that obviously he gets from my father because my dad's one of those guys that's just like, well, let's do it, jump in. I've watched what Spencer, how Spencer has led the incredible evangelistic team in Lebanon. And one of the things that I've learned is that when you wait for everything to be perfect, to do it, it's never going to be perfect. There's a point that you've just got to do it. Spencer's looked at me and he said, Dad, I know people have been talking about starting churches for two and three years. They've been fundraising. They've been getting things together. They've been promoting, 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 promoting. He said, Dad, we're just going to jump in and do this thing. I said, let's, let's go for it. He jumped in and started leading the team. And sometimes I'm going, oh, Jesus, protect them, Lord. But now we're having church. Because somebody said conditions aren't perfect, but I'm going to jump in. If you're waiting for your life to get perfect before you get in the flow... I'm going to tell you something. There, what happens in the flow of the Holy Ghost, there is a cleansing flow the Bible talks about. There's all sorts of flows in the Bible that it talks about. But I came tonight to tell you that somebody in this room tonight needs to just lay aside everything that's been hindering you. Lay aside every weight. Clean out your pockets tonight and just step in and say, Pastor, I've heard you. I know I'm not perfect. I know I don't have it all figured out. I know I don't, I'm not where I need to be. It's not. But Pastor, I want to 
get in the flow? Can I get, yes, you can. Yes, you can. I'm reaching for somebody tonight to get in the flow. Jump in and swim. Jump in and give God everything you've got. Jump in and be used of God. Let what he puts into you flow out of you. The fact that Jesus used rivers as a significant spiritual symbol here is is interesting to me because he was the creator of of natural rivers. With his own finger, he carves out the the Amazon and he directs the Nile. And and with his finger, he drew the the course of the mighty Mississippi. He, He chose rivers to describe the work of the Holy Ghost in us because the Holy Ghost... But because the Holy Ghost functions in so many similarities like a river. And so he uses this, this, this analogy and he says, he, he teaches us that the Holy Ghost, of course, is mightier than any of the natural rivers because he says it is living water. And what Jesus is talking about really is the flow of his spirit. It has nothing to do with water at all. He's talking about the flow of the Holy Ghost. He's talking about the flow of the Spirit. Watch the similarities in natural rivers and the Holy Ghost. Where there's natural rivers, where rivers flow, there is life. Bringing bringing a river to a desert would produce an oasis in the middle of a place that is barren. The Amazon basin with its miles of rivers holds more species of plants and animals and produces more oxygen than any other place in the world. Wherever the river of living water flows, it will produce life. Somebody said, aren't you afraid? What, What if... What if this fails? What if this doesn't work? This is what I know. When there is an outlet of the Holy Ghost, it will naturally produce life. Mm. Anywhere that there is a flow of the Holy Ghost, it will naturally produce life. If you are around somebody, can I preach strong to you for a minute? If you have people in your life that are killing Everything that is trying to grow in you with negativity. If they're killing things, it has nothing to do with the Holy Ghost. Get around somebody that out of their bellies flow in rivers of living water. That means things want to grow. They make you want to be better. They make you want to do more. They make you want to be more. They make you want to go after it. They make you find that person and get around. Well, I'm afraid I'm going to offend them. I've been around them a long time. Let them go be offended by themselves. I don't have time to be around people who are filling my life with negativity. Put me around somebody that out of their belly, because of the Holy Ghost, out of their belly is flowing rivers of living water. That means it brings life to everything. Well, are you in the Bible, Pastor? Yes, the power of life and death is in the tongue. Wherever this river flows, it produces life. Whatever this river touches, though it be dry and dead, will bring forth a revival of life. 
We are literally a walking oasis in the middle of a dry and a thirsty land. Everywhere you go, let me explain it like this. Thank God for the building. Thank God for great services. When we come and say, man, I enjoyed that. Nothing wrong with enjoying service. But what we are here for is to get prepared for this week. We are here to get prepared for this week because we're here to get filled up so that this week I can go start sharing the good news. It starts flowing out. It starts flowing out. I, everybody I run into, I'm just flowing out. I'm just flowing out. I'm giving them a word. I'm helping somebody. It's flowing out. We come together to fill up so we can go and give out. And the more you give out when you come, the more you're going to receive. And the next week we go right back and start giving out. That's why that you can't just go and say, well, I got it on Sunday. You ought to just come and experience it for yourself. It's nothing bad to tell people to come and experience it for themselves. But when they get around you, they ought to experience a little bit of it. Wow, I like to be around that person. They've got a word. They've got something. they they got faith. They believe. They, they speak a word of hope. All right, i got to hurry. Y'all want me to get done. Rivers don't only produce life, they attract life. Because animals line the riverbanks of the Nile and the Amazon, some of these weary, dry, and desolate areas. If you want to find life, you've got to go find the water. Because if you're not near the river, you're not going to find anything but sand. It's desolate. But when you get to the river, it will attract life. People will naturally come. Well, I don't think that all of this stuff that you do in church is important. Maybe not all of it. Maybe not all of it. I'll give you that. But I will tell you that a dead, dry service is not going to attract anybody. Hey, I grew up when we shot when they shouted bobby pins out of their hair. You heard the stories. I've seen oatmeal boxes roll across the floor. Mm-hmm, back in the 70s, I remember those times. How many of you wore oatmeal boxes in your hair? Oh, you're not going to admit it, are you? Some of you ladies been around a while, you know better. You wore somebody else's hair rolled up in yours. Uh-huh. But see, we've reached a day that we're afraid of what somebody's going to say and what somebody's going to think. I want to get back to the old-fashioned apostolic. I don't care what you think. If my tie gets a little crooked, if I sweat through my coat, if I, if I have to pull it off because I get hot, it doesn't really matter. Hey, I come in tonight to remind somebody of where the church began. We began in prayer and fasting and it, what's going to get us out of here is going to be prayer and fasting and worship and preaching. We've got to have it. Let's get in the flow of what got us to where we are.
This living water attracts life. Now here's the deal. Here's the deal. Where there is a river, this is just going to grate on some folks. I, I'm sorry. I, I may be able to leave this point out because you're happy right now. Where there is a river, there is constant change. Now, I'm old enough that I like tradition. As I'm getting older, I'm finding myself kind of, well, I kind of like that tradition. Let's, let's make a tradition. It, 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 I understand. Don't get offended at me. But where there is a river, there will always be change. When there is a river, you can expect that there's going to be seasons that the river's going to be low because it's drought. And there's seasons when the river is going to be high. Somebody said, boy, they're on the mountain this time. Boy, they're on the mountain shouting the victory in February. But boy, give them June and they're down in the valley. Maybe you haven't watched rivers. Because they're high in the spring and low in the fall. Because the rain from heaven dictates the level of the water. And whether we're on the mountain or whether we're in the valley, we still come and worship. We're still faithful. We still, the flow still happens. It just may happen at a different level. But I'm going to be just as much in the flow on the good day as I am on the... But, but when the river gets high, it pushes and forces change. Right here in our very own state, the Wabash River, Dylan and I, a few days ago, we decided I had the afternoon and evening open and about 3 o'clock. I had worked all morning and about 3 o'clock. He was just begging me. I, I haven't been able to hunt this year, and he's begging me. And We didn't go hunting, but we went out to the river. And So I, I, I took my boat, and we went over to the western side of the state, and I launched on the Wabash River in an area of the river I'd never been on. It was daylight, and we were going to look. We're, we call it scouting, where we were going to make sure that there's nothing in the water to sink boats because some people are known to sink boats. Story for another time. And so I said, well, let's go. This place you're wanting to go hunt, I, I want to go check it out. I want to go see it. Let's go in the daylight. So we, we put in and we start going. And so we're, we're following a map. And so we're, we're pulling it up and we're watching the, the, the map. And all of a sudden, Dylan's like, well, what's that? He said, Dad, I think the river's supposed to go over here. I said, bud, let this teach you a lesson. This is why we're out here. The river now has changed courses. Now the river's going over here. And he said, wow, isn't that something? So we go to round a bend, and we rounded this bend, and it's just this, this bluff. This, this is just a cliff dropping straight off. And he said, Dad, look up there. How did they plant that corn like that? It's like the cornrows just run up and go off in the river. 
I said, wow, look at the corn stalks in the river. I said, let this be a lesson, son. When the river came up a few weeks ago, it cut a new path. And when it cut a new path, a farmer used to farm right through here, but he's he going to have to move over. Because the water said, there's a new route we got to take. And it cut into what used to be prime farm ground. Now that farmer lost some of it because the river took it down. Anytime that a church is in the flow, oh my Lord, I am anointed tonight. That's why you got to be careful about saying it isn't the way it used to be. No, it's not because we're in a church that are in the flow. We're in the flow. There's going to be some change that the flow is going to bring. It isn't going to change the doctrine. It isn't going to change the water. It's the same water that's been flowing down. It doesn't change the water. It just changes how it flows. The direction's going to go a little different. I got to approach a close somehow. Something else I learned about a river when I was studying for this message is that did you know that rivers have built in them, rivers and streams in of itself, they say that the water in rivers, and they're left without the human interventions of farmers dumping into them and sewer plants dumping into them, and you know, rivers in Indiana may be a little dirty. Don't try to drink it. Yeah, if you bump into Dylan, remind him. <laughs> Except it wasn't Indiana. But it may look beautiful. Don't try to drink it. Right? But if a river is left without human intervention and doing things that's polluting the river, that rivers are made to where it actually purifies the water. There's a purification process where there is a river. And it will actually begin a process of purification. If you want your life to become more like Him, the best thing you can do is just get in the river. Because there will be a purification process of the flow that's coming through you. Well, I don't have it all figured out, Pastor. Let it flow through you. Just let it flow through you. Well, you know, I don't know. I, I'm not, I'm not, I, I'm struggling with some things. Just let it keep flowing through you. Find an outlet. Start testifying to somebody. Start witnessing to somebody. Start serving God. Begin to worship. Sign up. Start picking up somebody for church. Start, start serving on the usher team. Start working somewhere. Start greeting at the door. I'm just going to get in the middle of whatever it is because where the river flows, it will begin a purification process in your life. It will happen. It will happen. Well, I thought I had to get it all right. You're never going to get it right without the river because a lake does not have the ability to purify itself. That's why the Dead Sea is that. Nothing grows in it. Because it doesn't have the ability to purify itself. Because in order for there to be purification, the water has to flow through. 
And the whole idea of the Holy Ghost is not just to save you and get you on your way to heaven, but it is to purify your life. The work of the Holy Ghost would be purifying your life. Well, I'm struggling with things, so I'm not going to worship because I'm struggling. I'm not going to be faithful to church because I've got this hang up. Get in the flow and let the Holy Ghost do what it's supposed to do. As it flows through you, it will purge and clean and make something out of you that there is no other way that it could happen. Rivers continually enlarge their borders. They, oh, I know you want me to be done. I'm almost done. Rivers continually enlarge their borders. They, the, first, the first work of a river is to go deeper. But at times of overflow, it goes wider. In, in, times, in times that are not days of overflow, the work of the river is to cut deeper. But in times of overflow, the work of the river is to cut wider, broader, and to take new territory. I'm preaching real good to you tonight. I'm bringing you some things that's inspired of the Holy Ghost tonight. It's flowing through me tonight. I'm trying to explain to somebody that when the church is is high and things are, and, and you're like, well, the church is drying up. No, it's not. We're going deeper. We're going deeper. When we go through those seasons, we're going deeper. Just hang in there. Stay in the river. Stay in the river. There'll be some depth put in you. That's why you got to hang in the church on the good days and on the bad days. God's trying to put some depth in you so that when you get on the mountaintop and the flood is, is producing overflow in you, then you can take territory. You ever wade rivers? They have unpredictable depth. The issue with the river, the reason that we go and scout is we try to find places that we may want to go back to. But to go back, we like to get out and wade around in the water when it's 20 degrees outside. But the problem with the river is every time that it comes up and it gets real high, you better go back and check that spot because what used to be 3 feet may be 20 feet next day. Rivers have unpredictable depth. You just have to be, you just have to get in the current, get in the flow. I, I'm, gonna, I'm, gonna speak, I'm gonna speak a word. This is why some of our young people have a depth that is far beyond your years. As a pastor, I couldn't be any more proud. I didn't say they're perfect, but I'm proud of our young people and our young adults. I am proud of them. There is a depth that I see in some of them that is far beyond their years. When they speak, I'm like, wow. I'm driving down the road today, and I looked at my wife, and I said, I was 19 years old when I went to my pastor and told him, I think I feel a call to preach. Today I was listening to two 19-year-olds preach like they're 30. 
because they have a depth at 19 that I didn't have at 19. I watch the lives of some of our young people that are giving of themselves. They have jobs that barely make car payments and they give $500 to the building program. Because they have learned something at a young age. There is a depth in them. Don't ridicule somebody and look at them and say, well, they're far too young. That's what they said about Josiah too. (laughs) Oh, yes. Don't let anybody tell you that age is a factor in what you can do for the kingdom of God. Just get in the flow and see what happens. In the flow of God, it is unpredictable. Because you may find a 16-year-old that's deeper than somebody that's 40 that's never given themselves to the flow. i got to wrap up. Somebody come up here and act like you're going to play. I close with this idea. Everybody say river. Out of your belly. Everybody say my belly. Everybody say out of my life. Shall flow rivers. 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 That's plural. Rivers. That means there may be more than one outlet that God has prepared for you. I've heard of lakes drying up, but I don't know of a river. Although it is always flowing down, it never dries up. Because at the very beginning, Of every river, there is a source. Some rivers start from glacier flow. Some rivers start from snowfall that is melting, that's fed by different streams and tributaries. And some rivers, they just start from a spring that just flows up out of the ground. Hard to explain. But no matter how much water has passed through, there is always more water flowing down. I came tonight. You you don't have to leave running the aisles. You don't have to leave shouting. You don't have to leave jumping. You don't have to leave and wear out social media tonight about the message that I preached or get on and talk about my failure. But I would to God tonight that somebody would hear the words that I am preaching. I am reaching for some folks tonight that are just sitting on the sideline as the river's flowing. Just get in the flow of what God is wanting to do. I implore you, I beg you, I call you. Would you get in the flow of what God is wanting to do? The church is about to make major leaps forward over the next few months where there's going to be some God is about to explode this church I don't want somebody sitting on the sideline saying I sure wish I would have 
I remember that December night when Pastor got up and invited me. I'm inviting everybody tonight. Won't you get on board? Why don't you get in the flow of the river? Why don't you let it flow through you? Why don't you let it flow out of you? There, you're not, you, you, you feel like you don't have anything to give. It's not. You're not the source. I don't have anything to give, Pastor. You're not the source. You just got to be the vessel. Just get in the flow of what God is doing. Let him fill the vessel, and he'll let it flow out. Oh, we try to make it so easy on you every week. We try to call everybody forward in hopes that somebody will just jump in line. But I wish tonight that somebody that's just not been in the flow would just get up and boldly say, I'm coming to get in the flow tonight. I'm not walking where I need to walk, but I'm going to come get in the flow. I'm not living where I need to live, but I'm tired of it. I'm going to get in the flow. I would to God tonight that there would be somebody that would be bold enough tonight to declare, I, I'm going to, out of my belly is going to flow. I'm tired of seeing it flow out of pastor and assistant pastor and youth pastor. I'm tired of seeing it flow out of this young person and that young person. I want that flow to come out of me. I want that flow to come through me. I want to be a soul winner. I want to do what God is calling me to do. Come on, that's it. That's it. Respond to what God is speaking into your spirit right now. Get in the flow tonight. Out of your bellies. Out of your bellies shall flow rivers. There is a river. There is a river. Yes, yes. Yes. Come on, that's it. This is very personal. This is very personal. I implore you, come on, get on board. Come on, join the team. Come on, get in the flow. Get in the river. Let it flow through you. Let it flow through you. Oh, yes. Come on, give it to him. Would you come? Would you come and join us tonight? I know, there, I know you feel like there's not room for everybody, but there's still room up here. You can push your way in. I wish desperation would move on somebody and you would just push through tonight. Oh, yes, Lord. Oh, yes. I surrender all to you. Oh, yes. Everything yes. I give to you. Oh. Come on, seek Him. Call on Him. Let it flow through you. Come on, some of you ought to start ministering to people right now. That river is built up in you. You've been damming that river up inside of you. You need to let it flow out of you right now. Why don't you minister to somebody? Why don't you let it flow through you tonight? Let it flow through you tonight. Everything I give to 